0: your hangover? It's actually okay now. Went to the puppy park. Keenan and Elaine called over. Oh, Actually, yeah, fuck whatever cold open shit I was going to talk about. Let's talk about your puppy. (laughs) Yeah, I got a puppy. Got a a little chocolate Labrador. Mm, And his name? Hercules. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely every, like, because he's an adorable little ball of Labrador cuteness, which is Mm. like the stereotypical puppy. And he's a chocolate one, so he's a little bit different. Everyone just automatically stops... And goes, and whenever they go, what's his name? First it is, oh, how old is he? Then it's, what's his name? And I see Hercules. And everyone always responds positively. Oh. Nobody has said, that's a fucking stupid name for a dog. It's a great name. Where did you get Hercules? Why Hercules? Uh, the name? Yeah. I think Patricia wanted to call him something stupider from Disney. Oh, okay. So, oh no, I think it was actually, we were going to get a corgi. And it would just be really funny to have a, t- a small dog with the name of Hercules. And you know just, what you should do if so, if, if someone says, Oh, what's his name? And you say Hercules and they go Hercules, like question mark, you shout out. That's, That's right. right. Hercules. Hercules
1: Bulligan. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Didn't put, I forgot about him. I, I, the other one that everyone always brings up is the Eddie Murphy thing from Nutty Professor. Hey Hercules. 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 Hercules, Hercules. Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happened to Eddie Murphy? I wonder that question quite a lot, actually. Because it takes a really good actor to, because in that movie, he played all the parts. And that's a really, that's a sign of a really good actor. Well, that's his shtick, though. He used to always play loads of parts. Like in the uh, Coming to America, the 80s one, yeah. he played everyone in the barber shop. When I was a kid and I first saw the only professor, I didn't realise that was Eddie Murphy playing everyone. Well, that's fine. Like, I mean, the, the, the makeup was pretty extensive. <laughs> but I also didn't realise it was Eddie Murphy being um, Professor Clump and the skinny version as well. Oh, OK. Yeah. I thought Eddie Murphy was just one guy in that movie and it was an ensemble cat. How did the conversation move on from my new dog to Eddie Murphy? I don't, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Someday we'll plot all these things out in the graph and we'll see where we're going wrong. It'll look even more insane than the most insane conspiracy theory corkboard. Oh, uh, another thing maybe we should talk about maybe not. Should we talk about the thing we agreed on last night <laughs> so, that beco- so that it becomes official? Yeah, I think so. So both of us, I, oh. I we were texting each other while drunk at like 1 a.m. <laughs> yeah, se- separately. Uh, you were in Dublin, I was in London. Yeah. And we were very drunk. I was drunk. You remember Francisco? He was in our What I'm America episode. Yeah. Yeah. He, so he was visiting London and a was his birthday, oh, amazing. So we So we went out, and that chap drinks like he doesn't want to live anymore. <laughs> and, he, and he takes you along with him for the ride. So I was very, <laughs> very drunk. And I. I can't remember why I started texting you. It was some, probably some was We're a- friends, I guess. So I guess that's why I was talking to you. <laughs> what, what reason would I have to talk what? to that jerk? Uh, but, and I don't remember doing this. It was only when I saw my messages the next day. But I proposed that we uh, get matching question mark tattoos yeah. in honour of the podcast. Yeah, And you know what's funny is that this came uh, almost like on the two year anniversary of when I got drunk and messaged you in the middle of the night to proposed this the idea of this podcast that's true so almost two years later i drunkenly <laughs> made a different proposition so the same thing is going to happen now we're going to meet up around christmas we're going to be hesitantly mm. going in to follow through on that except this time it will be physically scarring our bodies <laughs> forever yeah forever. oh my god anyway yeah well i'm fucking up for it yeah i'll, I'll yeah i'll do it can i design them yeah i'm gonna make yours so stupid right. okay so they're not going to be the exact same tattoo on both of us uh, actually maybe you should I don't know I don't know either <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if like We came out of the The tattoo parlor And you had like this gorgeous Question mark And I got an, like An exclamation mark <laughs> Wait what? damn it <laughs> <laughs> Go back in and get a curve. Oh my god I can't believe we're actually Committing to this Yeah Well we'll. I guess we'll, we'll do it at Christmas And we'll put up Put it up on Instagram Yeah We'll definitely be uh, Live streaming the actual Pain infliction upon us <sighs> I can't believe we're going to do this But now it's official It's It's in the show. show. It's It's in the the show show. forever. Oh no. And these tattoos will be on our asses forever. (laughs) I thought we were getting them on our penises. Penis tattoos are in Vogue. Are they? Like, as in like, not the Vogue, the magazine, but like in... (laughs) Vogue Vogue XL. Okay, we we faffed around way too much in that cold but Let's get down to the news. Let's get down to business. News time. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go first or? Yeah, whenever you're ready. I'm ready. Uh, Angela, Angela, oh fuck! I totally <laughs> I don't up. think you are ready. <laughs> I'm not ready at all. Angela Merkel or Angela Mm -hmm. Merkel, if you want to mispronounce her name, uh, has announced that she's going to retire as Chancellor. Um, Oh, really? She's in her fourth term at the moment, which is pretty astounding um, success for any kind of politician to last so long. How long is Um, each term? I think it's five years, parliamentary Mm -hmm. terms, kind of usually the standard. And she has announced that she will retire as leader of her party pretty soon. But she hopes to stay on as Chancellor until just before the election, cool. which it will be in four years' time. So there's gonna be a weird point where the leader of the biggest party in Germany won't actually be the Chancellor of the of the country, which is strange. Yeah. So that might not that might not last too long. She may have to step down as Chancellor earlier than she'd hoped. Yeah. How how will that affect the governing? It'll be weird because basically you could have the leader of the party saying different things to the leader of the country, which mm-hmm. will be a bit strange. But it'll be awkward for a while. Um I think she's she's worried that Her personal persona now is damaging her party electorally. They did pretty badly in some regional elections recently, and that's what prompted her to actually make the announcement. So, yeah, um, she's finally bowing out after being one of the most important politicians in the world for quite a long time. Wow. And how was it received? Pretty, like, international people, like all the the world leaders were giving her respects and giving a testament to her her legacy and all that. And I'd say in Germany, the people that don't like her are delighted. (laughs) And the people (laughs) that like her are probably like, oh, no. But they're already looking towards who's gonna to replace her. Cool. She has a she has a couple of people in mind that she would like, but most people are hoping that they'll actually let it won't just be her anointing a successor that there'll actually be a proper debate and discussion yeah. about who should lead. Yeah, that's probably a pretty healthy thing, particularly in the like this geopolitical climate. Mm-hmm. And Germany does have a little bit of a problem with uh, right wing. Hey, Steve. Sorry, I just found out. You can just say that sentence, and it'll apply to anything, and it'll make you sound smart. <laughs> if you just say, "Yeah, that sounds pretty important in this geopolitical climate," you can say that to anything. I don't know if you necessarily with work when you're talking about cars or something. I go. I'll try it out. I might. Try, I might try it out over the course of the, this episode, and we'll see if you notice. If Fair enough. Um, you're going to do some news. I'm going to do some news. Uh, this is again. It's another Brexit story because I feel like, seeing as I'm living in London, forcing myself to be like the Brexit correspondent for this show keeps me abreast of all of the stuff that's happening. And seeing yeah. as that might have a huge <laughs> <laughs> abreast. <laughs> Christ, uh, sorry, motorbike going by my Jesus, that Hello. is a wow. Yeah, that guy's an arsehole. Uh Jesus, there's a, <laughs> there's a guy walked by my window earlier, right before we start recording, and uh, he he had a hoodie on him. And his hood had about um, three different Bluetooth speakers in it. <laughs> they were all synced up playing playing rap music. What? That's insane! That's, he was carrying them in his hood. That's like a that's like a twenty first century boombox. It's <laughs> amazing. I was really annoyed at first, so that I like, just kind of kind of had a begrudging respect for him. Yeah. Anyway, I was like, yeah. So Brexit news. Much like all the Brexit news we talked about so far, it's not it's, it's it's not, not really, really news. It's <laughs> not really news. Like there's no, no real announcement. No, not really. Like nothing's ever particularly revelatory. It's just like more and more articulation along the theme of this is still messy and it looks like it will continue to be messy. So what, so partic- what particular little... This particular articulation on that theme comes from Leo Radger, who's gone on the records um, saying that... Brexit is fraying relations between Ireland and Britain. He's also said that uh, it's um, undermining the Good Friday Agreement. For, so for like American listeners and maybe actually maybe even some UK listeners who, who don't know what the Good Friday Agreement is. Just for context, it was it's uh, how would you describe it? It's like a series of provisions. It's an international treaty yeah. between the UK and Ireland that was a peace agreement to stop the violence after the troubles in 20 or 30 years of of different violence in the North and both Ireland and the UK are like co-signers, co-protectors of the agreement. And it basically outlines like the dynamic of how Ireland interacts with, the Republic of Ireland interacts with the North, how the North interacts with the Mm -hmm. Republic of Ireland, how the UK interacts with Ireland. Like basically outlines the the three-way dynamic and sets like the groundwork for the, you know, the government in the North of Ireland. So it's a big deal and for, for the leader of the Republican the, the Irish Republic to say it's being undermined, mm-hmm. it, it's it's pretty pretty substantial, pretty potent statement. So the reason uh, the, the reason he'd be saying that is because a lot of it was built with the understanding that the different EU benefits of like free movement of people and free movement of goods and trade would help the interaction between North and South in Ireland. Yes, they absolutely. just took it as a given. Yeah. And now that that's been pulled away, it it, it looks like it's in trouble. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and the the borders actually, and, and the whole idea of um, a backstop plan is bringing the Brexit negotiations to a bit of an impasse because mm. no one seems to know how to actually fix this because the EU's backstop plan would basically mean North of Ireland would be still in, kept in the, the uh, single market, mm-hmm. which obviously the UK don't want. And all of this is being compounded by the fact that the North of Ireland still doesn't really have a proper functioning executive government. If no. If I don't understand no. that correctly. Yeah, they're both- <laughs> bizarre. It's insane. They just like, they have elected MLAs that are sitting around doing fuck all. So that can't be helping at all. So yeah, that's that's it. Like I said, it's not really news news, nothing yeah. revelatory, it's just another another articulation on how shitty this whole situation is. They expect to actually have a deal announced, like an, an exit deal announced before the end of the year. That's kind of the expectation because it's going to happen in March, no matter what. Yeah, they would absolutely have to have something by Unless, the close of the year unless it doesn't happen (laughs) and that's the (laughs) thing that could all an extension is always possible it's like they absolutely 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 have to have it unless they don't (laughs) which case it's just Brexit that's all the backstop to the backstop like (laughs) Theresa May said it's 95% negotiated apart from the backstop which is like one of the three crucial parts oh it's just so head-wrecking it's (laughs) like why did we even bother doing political podcasts and having these conversations it's this we've been talking about it for two years (laughs) yeah I'll tell you Steve we did it for the sweet tat (laughs) the sweet tat turns out that's where it was all leading up to. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, so enough about that. Do you have any more news stories? Yeah, we'll just briefly touch on the uh, US midterm elections. So oh, yes. That th- they will be happening the day that this episode is released, and um, the results will be coming in around 1 or 2 a.m. our time. Mm-hmm. Um, it still looks pretty much the same, that the Democrats are in line to take the House and the Republicans are in line to keep the Senate, maybe lose one or two seats or there could be swaps in different states in terms of Mm -hmm. like Republicans coming in Democrats coming out Mm -hmm. Um, but since we've recorded and talked about it um, there's been a good bit of violence in the United States politically motivated violence Um, there was the incident of the pipe bombs being sent around to various different um, Democratic people that were Mm -hmm. called out by Trump so like former President Obama Hillary Clinton the head of CNN Robert De Niro got one as well Robert Um, De Niro I didn't know that Yeah, one was sent to his office and they none of the none of the bombs actually exploded, so nobody was hurt by that. But Mm -hmm. the the devices were all announced as actually viable just for whatever reason. They didn't work. It wasn't a hoax. And the fella who suspected of doing it was arrested. Turns out he's an absolute nut job who was living in a van covered in really, really hateful pro Trump stuff. And then after that, an even worse thing happened. A guy went in with a machine gun and killed a bunch of people in a synagogue in Pittsburgh. I think 12 yeah. people died, including a 95 year old Holocaust survivor, which is oh just insane. God. And oh, yeah, God. he, he too, like, I think there was some particular alt right horrible hate speech forum where he said, okay, enough, enough talk, time for action just before he went in and did that. A lot of people are accusing Donald Trump of being responsible for it because of the 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 divisive rhetoric that he's want to do. Mm. Um, but to be honest, the Democrats are kind of responsible for it too. Like they they talk just as much hate speech against the, the other side. So if both pe- both sides could learn to just stop being so hate filled, yeah, then maybe it wouldn't prompt these kind of things to happen as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take, so American listeners, go out and vote. Use your use your vote. Absolutely, Not, use your mm-hmm. vote and um, think about it properly don't just don't just go in and vote for the people that you think you should actually have a think about it think about what the impact is going to be and yeah vote from your friends Steve and Richie right so let's get on to the topic let's get on to the topic what are we going to talk about before we get on to the topic let's just (laughs) (laughs) let's just briefly mention that we have a Kofi oh yes Kofi yeah Kofi 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 to buy us a coffee so it's just it's a handy Kofi Kofi whatever (laughs) dot <laughs> com forward slash WAP pod. Or whatonpolitics.com forward slash beer. You can go to either of those and you can throw us a couple of quids and it'll just help us out. And it's a nice way of saying thanks. So we'd appreciate it if you do that. Yeah. Maybe this, this, if we get any this week, we won't spend them on beer because we're both pretty hungover. Um, and we might actually use them for coffee. It's true, to try and counteract all the alcohol that we were consuming. Maybe, yeah. maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Hair of the dog, hair of the Hercules. That's, oh, that, well. <laughs> actually, let's put a picture of Hercules in the show notes. Absolutely. Cool. Um, yeah, so that's the thing. That's just to, to say thanks. That'd be, that'd be appreciated. Oh, Thank and you. also make sure that you go and check out our network's fantastic other podcasts at headstuff.org. Yeah. Go do that. That's lovely. Uh, that's enough plug-in, Steve. Let's get into that hard topic. Oh, I'd nice to say hard topic. Eww. Eww. <laughs> what are we talking about this week? What am lawyers? What am lawyers? We um, had a wonderful conversation with Peter Stafford. He He's, was so funny. He was really funny. He was really funny. Yeah, he, was, he was really funny. For like, I don't know, you, you hear about a barrister. Slash lawyer. And you just assume stuffy, stuffy guy. But no, he's actually hilarious. Yeah, they wear wigs. You just expect like this um, elderly English aristocrat with the glasses that he's peering over as he like squints at you going, hmm. He's so funny that he predicted one of our wonderful jokes and beat us to the punch. It's true. The bastard. The bastard. We were going to ask him, can he handle the truth? Because that's hilarious. And I bet you no lawyer's ever heard that before. (laughs) And he he beat us to that joke. God damn it. He's too quick. He's too quick-witted. He sounds like a good kind of guy. I can't wait to use him in my future legal proceedings against you for making me get a terrible tattoo. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so it's a a really good chat all about what a lawyer is and what they do and how courts work and just just judicial systems in general. And we stick around for the end of it because we play a little game. And I've actually retroactively changed the name of the game because I came up with a much better name and it's going to have its own theme song and everything. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So originally, the, the it's 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 like our fake news story game, but with laws. So it's we have a crazy law that exists somewhere in the world and then a made-up law. And you have to like decide which is which. Um, and originally I called it Lolling with Laws, which is a terrible name. I just came up with it on the spot. But the new name is, Hey there, bra! is this a law or nah? Oh my... God. Which is infinitely better. Oh, (laughs) God. Wait till you hear the theme music. My hangover is just after kicking back in again. (laughs) Roll the interview. Uh, Hold on, just closing my window. It's like 20 degrees in London. you serious? For some reason. Yeah, it was really hot last night. For for our uh, American listeners, that's... What? like 15 gallons when you convert it <laughs> Peter is actually friends with Ed who people may remember joined us on the show to talk about how the world is entirely fucked because of what we've done to its climate so this is kind of appropriate that it's Peter can, mid- can you give us an update is it still fucked? Yeah well it's early
1: uh, and it's only Saturday. We've got plenty of the weekend to go to to make it worse. I'm not blaming Ed entirely for
0: making it <laughs> fucked up. <but laughs> oh, we weren't blaming Ed. No, Ed was Ed was the prophet. But fine, yeah. No, it's Ed's fault. Definitely. Yeah, it could be Ed's fault. It probably is actually Ed's fault when you think he, about he, it. He knew an awful lot about it. Yeah, he did. Yeah, maybe it's suspicious. maybe a little too much. Very suspicious. Very very <laughs> suspicious. But we're not here to talk about the environment. We're not. Are we? I mean, we can. (laughs) Well, it's raining and it was raining
1: and it still is raining. So there you go. That's my knowledge exhausted.
0: (laughs) Weather doesn't equal environment. I know that much. Not environment, climate. Shit. (laughs) Fuck that up straight away. How about we talk about the reason that Peter is here? Let's do that then. So, Peter, you're a lawyer. I am, yeah. yeah. We're not in any legal trouble, per se, as far as we know. Steve, now that I have you... Um, oh, we kind of got into a Breaking Bad situation and I was kind of hoping Peter would be our good, Goodman.
1: Yeah, I'm a bit suspicious about these big piles of money lying around the place and the fact that you're
0: carrying a bag marked swag. That's just, well, the bag the, the bag called swag is, um, I got it from ASOS, it's just, it was a half price and the uh, the money is for soundproofing, I assure you, all good podcasters do that. It's just resting in your floor. Yes, yeah, just resting yeah. on my wall. Yeah, so uh, can you tell us what to do with all of our piles of money?
1: Well, if you give most of it to me,
0: (laughs) that usually helps resolve the issues. He is Saul Goodman. (laughs) Okay, so for context, Peter, you are a barrister. Yeah, In the legal profession in Ireland. I am
1: a barrister in the legal profession, which is the best kind of profession to be a barrister in. That's true.
0: <laughs> you don't want to be like a barrister working at McDonald's. There's not no. a lot of uh, upward mobility there. No, and that deep sea fishing I
1: did didn't really have much call for barristers. So uh, <laughs> wearing a gown and a wig in court seemed like the best way to be a barrister.
0: <laughs> so can you tell me, what is, what's, what's, okay, what's a barrister uh, and how is it different from a lawyer? Or is it even different from a lawyer? I am completely unfamiliar. Yeah.
1: A lawyer is a catch-all term for somebody who works in the legal profession. And in Ireland, lawyers are split into two sub-professions, I guess you'd call them solicitors and barristers. A lot of countries have a a united profession. For example, in the States, all lawyers would be attorneys. Whereas Mm. in Ireland, you're either a solicitor or a barrister. And I'm a barrister, which means I'm a specialist lawyer who works in court. So, if you, or not you specifically, or a person (laughs) ran into some kind of legal difficulty, the first port of call would be a solicitor. If it looks as if uh, your issue has to go to court, then your solicitor will brief a barrister and I would effectively take over your case. I would prepare all of the documents for court and I'd be the person who advocates on your behalf in front of a judge or if it was a criminal matter, in front of a jury. So, a lawyer is a a catch all term, which it is in, in most countries, but here, it's a it's a specialist kind of lawyer,
0: mm. and I guess uh, I assume that you wear just normal clothes when you're doing going about your business in court. There's nothing novel Onesie. about how you're dressed.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, like obviously. This being a podcast, uh, I dressed up for the occasion. So I'm wearing I'm wearing the gown and the wig and everything, just because you know I'm I'm on duty and I'm a professional. But yeah, you know, out of court straight into the onesie,
0: and uh, that's, that's how I rock. So yeah why do you why do you guys wear funny wigs and Black gowns.
1: There's a, there's a few answers to that. And of, of course the, there is. The law- <laughs> lawyers are <cheap> lawyers, <laughs> Richard. <laughs> and I'm charging you per word. <laughs> the longer I can the, the first answer is it's a legal requirement. Uh, well, OK. <laughs> the, the, law, the law, the court's, uh, I think it's called the Court's Officers Act, sets out exactly what judges wear and barristers wear. So, so it, it's a requirement, it's a legal requirement that we wear the gowns, we wear waistcoats and, and all the rest of it. Uh, second is we have to wear something. So why not get dressed up for the occasion? And the third is, and this is kind of the half-serious answer, is it's all part of this idea of equality of arms. That if you are accused of a crime or if you're in court as the the plaintiff or the defendant, you have an equal right to put your case in front of the judge as the other side. So one way of making it even between the two sides is for your advocates to wear the same clothing. Mm. So it makes it easier for the judge and the jury to discard who the person is doing the talking. And to concentrate on what they say, so it it kind of equalizes uh, what everybody is wearing. So you wouldn't know, a jury wouldn't know, if I stood up in front of them if I've been in in the profession for th- three, five years, or twenty years, because I'll be wearing the same kind of clothes. For the my colleagues who work in the criminal side, I, I work in civil law. My colleagues who work in the criminal side say it, say it really helps as well if they're engaging with. People who are pretty horrible. Um, mm. They are wearing a disguise. Effectively, when they're in court, they get out of court, they get changed, and there's a degree of anonymity. Mm. Plus, it's fun to dress up.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And because it, it looks kind, of, I'll put pictures in the show notes so people know what we're talking about. But I think most people do. It's that white kind of powdered wig and a big black gown. Yeah. Is there anyone who's you know can pull it off particularly well? Have Have you ever seen anyone and go, wow, you actually look really good in that? Or does <laughs> everyone look equally? Everybody looks equally stupid, but... The, <laughs> I didn't want to say stupid.
1: <laughs> which is true, but I think the best people are really, really old, thin, cavernous, sort mm. of uh, Monty Burns type, <laughs> who are skin and bone, and the gowns kind of hang off them like a Dickensian villain. Mm. They look uh. particularly good. And they, they, they pace back and forward in the court hunched, they, like they, murmuring. You, you grip... The, the sides. Oh yeah, this isn't really coming across on the podcast, but I'm I'm <laughs> pretending to grip again, and you put your thumbs through your waistcoat, and, ah. and that kind of we get trained on how to do that, of course, uh, and that's that's all part of the deal as well. But it's it's also kind of what people expect, mm. you know. If if you are going to court is a horrible, horrible process. Um, it's 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 really grim, and I'd advise anybody against it. But even if, though that's your profession and if nobody went to court, you wouldn't have a job. Y- yeah. OK, so <laughs> you should commit a few crimes. <laughs> I'm on it. Keep, keep, keep me in onesies. Um, but if you, if you go to court and you're told by your solicitor, look, we're going to meet your barrister. Your barrister is the person who's going to speak on your behalf in your day in court. They kind of expect it. It's a bit like going to see a doctor and uh, they're wearing a stethoscope. You know, the, the stethoscope really has no purpose. Likewise, the gowns that we wear, but it's kind of what you expect. Mm. And I think there is something reassuring that you are putting your life or your your issue into the hands of somebody else who looks the part. It's it helps.
0: It, yeah, it, it makes sense. Helps. Like as podcasters, me and Richie are both always wearing plaid shirts, bearded, and I, I wear glasses. Richie refuses to because he won't go into the full costume. No, but like exactly. it's, it's it's assumed. Like um, if Richie wore what he wanted to, he'd just be wearing dungarees and flip flops <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway. Um so what's the difference between criminal and civil law?
1: A civil law is a an argument between two people essentially and criminal law is an argument between you and the state. So a good example of civil law might be uh, a trip and fall case. You go into a shop, you slip on the wet floor and you injure yourself. You bring a case against the person who owns the shop. So it's it's a case between two People, you buy a car which turns out to be a complete lemon. You bring a case against the person who sold it. So it's it's between two people. It's between two companies, two organisations. Criminal law is where you commit a crime and the state prosecutes you. Mm. So uh, murder, terrible rapes, all of those kind of cases. That is where it's not an argument between two people. It is the police, the director of public prosecutions. The society as a whole that people
0: are bringing a case against you but the state can be a litigant in civil cases yeah, as well yeah, yeah absolutely yeah yeah, yes, it's a can but can the uh, state ever be a defendant in a criminal case yeah oh. um, I don't know don't think so oh I got into some serious jurisprudence there Richie <laughs> you <did. laughs> <That> I mispronounced <laughs> it
1: too <laughs> I'll have to look at that one can the state... I'll find out
0: um, I'll charge you for that if <laughs> I God, we're running up quite a podcast bill for this episode um, Okay, another, another general term that people may have heard but not understand what's a jurisdiction? A jurisdiction is uh, I guess an
1: area do you mean a physical jurisdiction geographical jurisdiction? Legal jurisdiction Well, you have uh, courts will have different jurisdictions which means it's the area that they have uh, responsibility for they have s- seasons of. The, the circuit court, for example, would have jurisdiction up to a, a monetary value High courts Supreme Court has unlimited jurisdiction, but obviously they're bound within Ireland. So you have a geographical jurisdiction and a financial one.
0: Mm. I, when I heard about jurisdiction, I, my knowledge is only like cops that went rogue and went outside their jurisdiction in movies. Oh yeah, it's, it's like was, when you when you're racing across Texas, if you get to the Mexican border, the entire FBI have to stop at the line and go shaking their fists. shaking the fi- Yeah, that's, yeah. That's,
1: that's exactly how it works. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the laws like that. That's a daily occurrence in in Peter's job. One of the things you have to look at if you if you're bringing a case is where do you bring it? Which which court court uh, do you bring it to? So, you know, if it's a fairly small case, if it's if it's just the fact that somebody's withheld a small amount of money from you, it's a district court case. They have jurisdiction for very small, very straightforward cases. A little bit more serious circuit court, more serious again, high court. And then if it's a big constitutional case, then only the Supreme Court would have
0: jurisdiction to deal with it. Is that getting more and more complicated today as, for example, we're talking on Skype, which is, I guess, an American-owned piece of software, with someone in London and based in Ireland. So if something legal was to happen with some whatever reason, we had to take a court case based on that. Like, how would we actually get to decide which country to to take the case? Yeah, there's a lot of rules about that because it it is really, really
1: complicated. But it's it's the same issue that's gone, pa- gone back since the start of broadcasting. Like, there was a lot of cases, for example, back in the 19th century that somebody would sign a contract of employment in one country end up working in another country but being injured in a third country. So who is the employer? Who's Where did the injury happen? Where do you bring the case? So technology just keeps moving that on. What but about astronauts? <gasps> space law! Space law is a big deal. And in cool! Fact, uh, oh my in, god. There is a new textbook on space law just launched a few weeks ago. I saw that oh, on Twitter. Launched? Great choice of words. <laughs> is it in space? <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting so long to
0: <laughs> Peter just got up and walked out. He's yeah. done. He can't that, get better than that's that. that. That's it. That's my. Career. I rest my case. That's my career. <laughs> high Court adjourned. Uh, what what are we are we we? Space law. Sorry. Space sorry. Law. Let's 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 fucking follow this tangent. Space law. So like are we talking alien courts or are we talking more so like the privatization of space and how we handle like disputes outside of the jurisdiction of our our stratosphere like what's the what the what's the parameters of this right now this discussion it's a similar kind of thing like i was talking about that
1: if you are a an american astronaut in an american what's the word i'm looking for shuttle space shuttle ship? yeah something yeah. like that yeah um satellite that's right. the word was looking okay. for. and you then have other countries who have different parts of that satellite or space station or whatever there has to be rules there has to be laws to govern how disputes are, are resolved in exactly the same way as we have laws of the roads so you know you, you're driving a car I'm driving a car how do we decide who's at fault if there's an accident it's exactly the same in, in space law
0: but with aliens <laughs> <laughs> so um What's the difference between the main differences apart from the costumes between the Irish like and UK system and the US system? Because I'm not gonna lie, I probably only really know about US law because of TV and movies, and I don't really know much about Irish law because there aren't that many TVs and movies and I've only been tried for a couple of cases and I got blood or drunk before I went in. So apart from hmm. like what's the And I was his representation, so was I was no help whatsoever. <laughs> you want the truth, you can't handle the truth. Damn it, you stole um, our joke. That's literally question eight. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. God fucking damn it I'm going to cross this one off Steve <laughs> <laughs> we got taught how to do that
1: as well uh, no there's a good reason why American courtroom dramas are more popular than British or Irish ones it's because With Matthew McGonaghy. <laughs> there's, there's that um uh, what was I talking about yeah <laughs> you can't think of Matthew McCann <laughs> um, courtroom dramas have to truncate a lot of really boring stuff into into a movie and the reality is, is court work isn't like that at all um, I know that was really disappointing on my first day as well but um <laughs> What happens in a, in a US courtroom drama is that everything happens within a, a couple of hours. There's these shock witnesses, shock evidence. Uh, the judge bangs the gavel, the jury makes its decision. It's not like that at all. There's a lot of pre-trial issues. So both parties will go into court quite a few times before the, the trial is reached. And so it is much more procedural and much more technical and quite boring, really, than, than reality. In the US, as I said, like everybody, all, all lawyers are, are attorneys. Here, it's, it's split. But it's the same process. You're speaking to a jury, you're speaking to a judge. So the US model, the Irish model, the UK model would be pretty much the same, um, hmm. except that I get to dress up and they don't. But it's the, same, it's the same idea. If it's a civil case, you're trying to persuade the judge of the rightness of your argument versus your opponent's. If it's a criminal case, you have a jury who you're trying to persuade.
0: We have covered the Supreme Court before, and they do get the dress up in the US Supreme Court, don't they? They get to the wear morning dress, which is like tops and tails.
1: Yeah, they wear something similar to judges here, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, they wear the tabs and the, the gowns and everything. I'm not quite sure why. I think they probably just like it as
0: well. Probably, yeah, it's just dress up. It's fun. It's fun. Peter, quick question. How many years did you study to become a lawyer?
1: It's quite a few years. So I my background is in politics. Um, so I, I worked in... Uh, in lobbying groups for a while but I fancy changing jobs so I I have a degree in politics. So I did a two-year diploma in law at at King's Inns, two-year part-time. And then you sit a series of exams to go on to a barrister at law degree, which I did two years part-time. So that's four. And then you do a year or two of what they call deviling as as a a pupil to a barrister, Um, again, which is, is two years. So it takes about six years and lots and lots of exams.
0: So that sounds really hard and a lot of work. So how come you have to do all that to be a lawyer but I can just, you know, be a juror no problem. Decide someone's fate. Yeah. And and be more powerful than you in many ways. Well, you think. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's the whole, that, that's the whole idea. Of it mm. is that
1: the jury members are your peers. There are pe- there are people who are just going about life who aren't experts in the law. That's what the judges for and what the barristers are for. But they're they are experts at weighing fact. So the whole system works on the idea that jury members don't bring any technical expertise. They just bring their life experience to it.
0: Mm. I've got a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you think that like the law, the legal system gets a lot of stick for being out of touch and? for being too ivory towerish, ish Is the legal profession out of touch with the average person on the street? Or is that just media spin and people not actually taking the time to just read a couple of articles and get to know it? Peter, how down are you with the kids? I'm
1: kind of really down with the kids. Nice. but If you think the average person on the street is my client, so the barristers are engaging with people all the time. Um, so it, I, I think, you know, somebody has a car crash, somebody, as I said, slips and falls. They're, they're the people who I'm engaging with. They're my, my clients. But I would, rather than read articles, I think the best thing to do is go into court and watch a case. That's right, because like, anybody can. The, the courts are all open. The only co- the courts which are closed are family courts. Mm. Um, so that, like, the high court has 20-odd courts sitting every day, and the criminal courts likewise. And I, I'm always surprised that more people don't do that, because it's good, interesting Afternoon in the rain. Free theater. It is free theater, especially if you have kind of a, a really interesting, a bit of a juicy case. Um, it is worth going into court and just kind of watching what happens. But yeah, like I think one of the difficulties is we use a lot of complicated language, and we we don't, you know, as we say, we we, we dress up, and the the law is very technical, and the language is quite archaic because we have to deal in such specific terms. So there is, I think, there is an insider's use of language, which is difficult for people to deal with, like a lot of Latin expressions. Um, In the UK, they're trying to get rid of those to make it more, to make the court much more accessible. So people know exactly what's going on rather than having to listen to people who know language without it being explained to them. But I'd say the best way of of seeing what goes on is is just go to court and watch.
0: How come they're not televised?
1: I wouldn't be surprised if they are in due course. The, The view there is, I think, the risk of televising it means only parts of it get televised. So the boring procedural bits that I was talking about earlier won't get televised. It'll just be the dramatic elements. And that'll give a slightly false image about what really goes on. Mm. Because if you think that the judge and the jury are the people who sit there every day listening to the evidence, listening to exactly what goes on, they have all of the information in front of them, they reach a decision, Joe Public, who's watching the television, can't be as informed as they are. And it's likely to lead to people... Not understanding why decisions were reached. So I think the best way of doing it is if they're going to televise it, televise everything, have a channel for it and just watch Mm. it all so that you sitting at home are as as informed as somebody who's in court.
0: Or an internet stream. Or an internet stream or something where... Mass services, church services are live stream now.
1: Exactly. And and they don't just cut to the edited highlights of the cool bits. <laughs> the, highlight the best reel. parts. <laughs> so, uh, it, like
0: when the priest raps or whatever yeah. happens in church now.
1: And then you can have a blooper reel of hilarious eye <laughs> takes. Um, so I, I, I think that's, I think, I think that's the way to do it is, is to have all of it uh, broadcast so that people are informed about how it, how a, a decision is reached because you do like the court the newspapers are very very good at court reporting like court reporting is a real skill and we're really well served in this country with court reporters but inevitably you have a judge or a jury who reaches a decision that people don't understand and they say the judge got it wrong or the jury got it wrong maybe they did but they were better informed than you who's just reading the headline how yeah.
0: come photographs aren't allowed to be taken how come you have to have like uh, an artist's rendition in most courts
1: Again, I don't know. I assume it's just
0: it's just a rule which has existed. It would be great if th- you have to take a selfie with the judge, and that was just <laughs> the new way. It went. <laughs> yeah, and #hashtag guilty.
1: And <laughs> the more the more numbers it did on Instagram, the, the better the outcome for you. <laughs>
0: yeah. no, this is a Black Mirror episode now. <laughs> yeah. Peter, what happened today? Drugs were legal in Ireland for twenty four hours. Well, there was a lot of partying. Woo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It,
1: yeah, for twenty four hours in twenty fifteen, most drugs were were uh, legal. Yeah, and. Do you want the boring legal answer? Yes, please. Yeah. it's all to do with the separation of powers. So the constitution sets out the power that the government has, the parliament Parliament has, and the courts have, and they all have very distinct powers. And one of the powers the Supreme Court has is to declare certain acts of the Oroctus as incompatible with the constitution. So just strike strike it down. So this goes back to um, this goes back to 1977 and the Misuse of Drugs Act, which effectively says that the Minister for Health can determine if a drug is a drug, is a substance is a drug. Then is it B- like
0: the Class A
1: kind yeah, of system? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So there's, there's medical advice, all the rest of it, and it, a new drug is invented, or a synthetic drug is made, and on advice, the minister can rule that that's a Class A or Class B, and it gets added to the schedule of the Act. So what had happened in about 2011 and 12, there was this kind of controversy about head shops were synthesising drugs so you couldn't get kind of hard drugs but the synthetic chemical equivalents were being sold in head shops.
0: Like legal ecstasy? was, Yeah, legal
1: it. ecstasy. And whether that's true or not, I don't know. But that was certainly, there was kind of this media outrage that you were getting. So the government decided, responding to public opinion, is to close down the head shops by scheduling all of the substances that they were selling so that they, affected, they became drugs and therefore were illegal. So we had this guy, Beredev who was found with a small amount of one of these synthetic drugs on him, he took a case to court to say that this section of the Act, of the 1977 Act, was unconstitutional because it effectively allowed the minister to class any substance as a drug without having to go back to Parliament. So it was a breach of Article 15 of the Constitution, which says that only Parliament can make laws. So what had happened in in this in the 77 Act was the, the Parliament had given enti- the entirety of the power to the minister to determine what was a drug and what wasn't a drug without having recourse back to them. So the, the court said, yes, this is a breach of the Constitution. It effectively allows the Minister for Health to decide that caffeine is a class A drug. Uh, it allows him to say that tobacco is a class B drug. He, it it give him absolute power. Because you've said like carrots,
0: if you wanted. like yeah. Is that how... Yeah, wow. if,
1: if it was on advice of the, uh, the, the health agency experts, pretty much anything could become uh, a drug. So it, it was saying that the court said that section 15 of the Article 15 of the Constitution says that Parliament has to make law, but it can delegate some responsibility to ministers. And in this case, they had delegated all of the responsibility to the minister. So the uh, Court of Appeal said that Section 2.2 of the Misuse of Drugs Act 1977 was in breach of Article 15, and therefore it didn't exist anymore. So any substance which had been added to the schedule Uh, therefore couldn't be illegal because there was no act to make it illegal so therefore ecstasy was legal until Parliament passed a new act which was compatible with the constitution and allowed that to happen Mental Minister for Health at the time
0: Leo (laughs) (laughs) Varadkar A well-known party animal Did anybody (laughs) check if any of the Supreme Court judges who were on that case happened to have a birthday the day that they were going to make drugs legal? (gasps) Nice That's a deep state conspiracy. Deep state conspiracy, I'm telling you. You mentioned when we were uh, doing prep for this, um, another particularly important case in Ireland, um, the McGee Attorney General. Yeah,
1: McGee. And it's a really interesting case because people go to court to resolve an issue that they have. And in most cases it gets resolved and that's the end of it. Like, as I was saying earlier, you buy a car which turns out to be rubbish. It goes no further than you getting your money back for the car. But in some cases, an issue just becomes a, ma- a major constitutional issue and this happened in the 1970s with Mrs McGee who was a housewife she's a mother of 4 who had had a series of very difficult pregnancies like during her second and third pregnancy she had a series of strokes she was paralyzed for part of it and after she gave birth to her fourth child her Doctor had told her that it, that she, if she got pregnant again, it would be a serious risk to her life. She would she would be unlikely to survive. Never mind the child. So her doctor recommended that she and her husband use contraception if they want to continue their marital privacy, as we say in law. <laughs> and um, the problem there was that condoms and contraception was illegal in Ireland from a case going back to the 19, from a, a piece of legislation back to the 1930s. So she took a case to say that that was. Incompatible with her right to privacy, that she, as a married person, as a an adult, she and her husband were allowed to, as we say, regulate their marital privacy and use <laughs> condoms if they wanted to, and she was she was being prevented from doing so because she couldn't fulfil the prescription that her doctor brought her. So that that went to the Supreme Court and said yes, that that piece of legislation was incompatible with the Constitution and therefore was struck down. So we do have cases which end up becoming major, major headline changes, not just for the people involved, like Mrs. McGee and her husband, but for society as a whole, in exactly the same way that the, the Beridev case didn't just affect this mm. one man who was found in possession of drugs. It had a major implication for everybody. And, because, and that's because the, the separation of powers is a real thing. It's, it's not just a theoretical concept. It is that if government
0: oversteps the mark, the courts exist. To put them back in that box. Just briefly, um, a slight tangent, but at the moment with the controversy going on in US politics and the extreme polarisation and people criticising how political the US Supreme Court has become, some people are actually saying that the US system doesn't necessarily have that separation of powers enshrined in the constitution and that technically government could ignore the the Supreme Court decisions in comparison to, I guess, here in Ireland, we have a a written constitution that says the government must follow that. But, like, when you say it is a real thing and it must be done, what is to stop a government from just ignoring what the Supreme Court judges say? Well, that's a tricky
1: one. You know, um, ultimately, what's to stop anybody from ignoring the constitution? Cops. (laughs) Pesky cops they get everywhere. Um, Yeah, I I, I don't think government could... uh, breach the Constitution, the Supreme Court would be able to just strike down anything that they said. You'd, you'd end up in kind of a loggerhead where the government tries to enact legislation, the Supreme Court strikes it down backwards and forwards. But in the US, it everything in the US to do with law is much more political than it is here. Like we've seen how a Supreme Court judge gets nominated in the States Headline stuff. I think Irish people would find it very difficult to name three or four Supreme Court judges. I would struggle to name three or four, (laughs) and it's it's because it's much less political. It's 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 uh, it's not as polarized as it is in the states. How come so many politicians are former lawyers, even in Ireland? I think if you have an interest in law, you have an interest in politics. I think the two sort of go together. Um, there is quite a quite an overlap, but you do see barristers and judges coming from completely different walks of life. But I think back in the day, um, it was much easier to hold down a job as a TD and a, a barrister. You know, you do one in the morning and one in the evening. Mm. Um, there, there is still an overlap because I think the work that barrister, sorry, the, the work that lawyers do in dealing with the law is half of a bigger picture, and it's the the politicians are doing
0: the other half of the picture. I suppose it makes more sense than just having loads of teachers, which is how it used to be as well. Teachers or publicans or uh, undertakers, <laughs> yeah, undertakers. No, yeah. When was the last undertaker TD? Oh God, it's all
1: part of the same thing, isn't it? You're an undertaker, you're, <laughs> you're That's a publican. Let's do the Jackie Healy race. <laughs> <Yeah>. Probably sub as <laughs> that
0: as well. Um, R- Richie, you have a game. Yeah, I, this is this is a last minute edition. I just wrote it into the notes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh while we were while you guys were setting up, I just came up with a with a game and I came up with probably the best name for anything ever is it law or is it not hey there bro is this law or not ah oh. Oh. <laughs> That was, was in harmony. That was, we were so disgusted. That was a perfect C sharp. That was excellent. Um, so I, I was just doing a bit of Googling around because it's pretty well known that there's like crazy laws that are kind of ignored, but they're just like remains from old constitutions or just things yeah. that are still technically in effect, but no one actually adheres to. And so I found some crazy ones and I mixed them in with some of the ones that I made myself. It's <laughs> kind of like the fake news game we played on previous episodes, but it's got to do with laws. So I'm going to read you guys a law and you have to tell me whether it's an actual real life weird law or something that I just made up. Okay. And we'll hopefully have some lols as the name implies. Pretty Be better. <laughs> okay. Or I'll see you First in lol. court. <laughs> <laughs> B- Bagsy Peter. Bagsy Peter. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> okay, you may not own more than fifty kilograms of potatoes at one time if you live in Western Australia. That's one hundred and ten pounds for American listeners.
1: Western Australia potato law. I was I I missed you that missed lecture. that day. Yeah,
0: oh. I, I missed mm. that day. Um, I would say that is probably a law. What? It is true. You think? I think it's true. What yeah. do you think, Steve? I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with my legal advice. Okay. Yeah, that's totally true. <laughs> Was there, what's the reason something to do with rabbits it's probably something to do with I've only just just copied and pasted the one line thing I didn't I have a lot talk. of time for this I'll include it in the show notes and rabbit
1: law is my specialisation as well
0: oh. <laughs> I'll include link, full links to in the show notes uh, to these laws uh, in Switzerland you're not allowed to flush the toilet after 10pm
1: <laughs> Switzerland is full of those crazy laws about what you can and can't do I
0: think that's probably true as well mm-hmm. Steve I, I'm going to go with fake okay uh, it's true. It's totally true. Damn it. Oh, for, is that for fear of avalanches? I think it's a noise thing and for people in like apartment blocks or stuff or something. Yeah. No, I'm going to go with avalanches. Okay, avalanches. <laughs> that's, that's totally fair. Uh, in Cambodia, ducks always have the right of way. <laughs> Everywhere. Uh, uh, when it comes to like traffic intersections and stuff. Oh, all right. Like roads, any sort of roads. In Cambodia? In Cambodia. And, yeah, uh, they have 8.5 I, million ducks, but that number has been like declining, I think, very drastically.
1: Because people keep crushing <laughs> into them. people keep crushing them.
0: <laughs> I'd say that's false. Yeah, that sounds that's false. That's absolutely false. <laughs> they do have 8.5 million ducks though. That's true. Why is the number falling? Is it the rabbits? Uh, I don't know if that number is falling. I just looked up how many ducks they have. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Due to some peculiar legislative word choices, in Madagascar, horse meat is technically classed as a vegetable. I know that in America, pizza is classed as a vegetable. Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's a bit of a stretch saying that horse meat is a vegetable, so I think it's
0: false. I think it's true. Uh, It's false. Damn it, Steve. (laughs) Now you look like an idiot. Of course it's false. Horse isn't a vegetable. (laughs) 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 Uh, And last one, forgetting your wife's birthday is a crime in Samoa. Uh, I think that's false. I think it'd be hard to bring that one to court. Yeah. That one's totally true. For God's sakes. Yeah. Totally true. I'll include a, links to all these in the show notes so people can read into them further. It's how do you prove it? Yeah, uh, I, I, one angry wife, <laughs> Exhibit A. <laughs> there we are. Look, there's some laws. Uh, we yeah. had some
1: laws with laws. <laughs> yeah. You see, the law can be fun. Yeah, exactly. Structured fun is the best
0: fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Peter. This has been fantastic. We now... Peter, this has been wonderful. I feel perfectly confident to be able to represent myself in all further legal proceedings. Give it a try. Give it a try. (laughs) See you in court. (laughs) I love saying that. (laughs) That's the only reason you took up this chat. It is, yeah. (laughs) Well, hopefully we don't see you in court because, like you said, it seems like a horrible place. But hopefully we will see you again. Thanks very much. (laughs) Thanks, Peter. Cheers. So now we know what lawyers are. Yeah, it's great. It's great god damn space law space, oh, space law, law fucking space law I want to be a space lawyer and I want to conduct all of my cases in space on behalf of spacemen yeah I'm still I'm still sorry I'm a little quiet I'm still um, sore about the fact that he beat us to that joke <laughs> I and know because that's the best like there's no more there's no better Tom Cruise quotes like that, you know relating to lawyers that we could use that was actually Jack Nicholson who said it was it oh okay that's right yeah because I've been researching Tom I actually looked up Tom Cruise quotes <laughs> yeah okay I've got the need the need for truth <laughs> didn't work or you had me at truth that also doesn't work <laughs> what else has Tom Cruise said I don't know but I watched Top Gun for the first time during the weekend it's fucking terrible really oh I hated it it was so bad what did maybe. you think of the volleyball scene I, like I had a massive erection of course but like it was just goes without saying but it yeah. was just it's such a bad movie I guess maybe if you watched it you know back before it became so cheesy it maybe you know nostalgia makes you feel more for it, but I just thought it was terrible. Yeah, they're bringing it back, you know. Oh, god! With Tom Cruise, with Tom Cruise, yeah. But he's he's no AP. He's not allowed to fly important instruments anymore. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening. Um, please, <laughs> please be sure to subscribe, uh, rate us on iTunes. It helps a lot. Yeah. Um, follow us on Twitter at WhatAmPolitics, and, mm-hmm. and send us check an out, email if you want and, to. And and check out Newsy. That's check out Newsy. Awesome. That's my other show podcast. Yeah yeah. Um, yeah that's pretty much it Thanks for listening Do you have Do you have Hercules near you? No I'm upstairs oh. He's downstairs he, he, he isn't able to come upstairs Yet he's still too small Can you Does he make any many sayings? I was going to see if we could put him um, He snores really loudly oh. <laughs> And he whines yeah. the other time I think He started growling At nothing once That was kind of funny Well yeah Look, look in the show notes For pictures of Hercules Yes do there. And our Instagram We'll put them up on Instagram yes. Oh yeah Instagram At what on politics At what on politics And if yeah. you want to throw us A couple of quids Coffee, yeah, exactly. Do that. Cool. All right. Bye, Steve. I'm gonna start sketching up some uh, dick tattoos. Yes, please do. Question mark dick tattoos. Just make sure it's not too riddlerly because that's just kind of weird. Send me some uh, pictures of your dick for reference so I can make sure that they. Well, what's wrong with all the ones that you already have? I thought you had like a special folder for the ones that I sent. You. <laughs> but yeah, but they were they were for personal use. This, Steve, this is all business. Business dick pics.